everybody and welcome to In My Mug, episode 137 on Monday the 27th of June 2011. My name is Steve Layton and I am excited. Why am I excited? Well, I know I'm normally quite excited, but today it's kind of more so. The new roastery's plodding on over there and that's exciting. But the most exciting thing going on is the coffee that we've got coming. And I mean, some amazing ones. We sat down and planned what we were going to do for the next 12 weeks. Um, and I've had to leave 10 of the new coffees that are coming in out, which we'll have to do after that. So the next couple of weeks is going to be huge. Um, we've got a new idea that's coming out this week. Uh, I'm going to show you a picture on the screen now. Uh, this is a barcode that you use a QR reader for. Now if you have a smartphone, so you have Android or an iPhone or something like that, you can get these QR readers. Download the app to your phone. I'm going to put this straight onto the packs. So if you scan your pack, um, it's going to come up with uh, the URL for the In My Mug video. So maybe you're watching it because you've scanned one of those, uh, those QR codes. And um, it's going to be an easy way for you to dive in and do that. But what we're going to do in a, now over the next few weeks is hide some voucher codes in there as well. So I want you to go and kind of scan and you might find a little 5-10% off or something like that. But enough, let's talk about coffee because I like coffee and this week's coffee is very special to me. It's called Nicaraguan Limoncillo and it's a coffee we bought back in 2007 from the COE, from the Cup of Excellence. And I loved it loads then and I love it loads now. When we bought it initially... Uh, we didn't know who it was from, but then I found out about half an hour after the auction closed. It's two, uh, the father of two brothers who I actually know from Nicaragua called Erwin and Stephen, um, who looked after me on my first ever Cup of Excellence jury, and are lovely people. So in 2008, um, I went to Nicaragua uh, with my importers and spent the whole trip trying to convince my importers that they should bring this coffee in, and uh, eventually they gave in. And for the past two years, that's how we brought this amazing coffee in uh, and shared it with you guys. But then around about a couple of months ago, I got an email saying that they weren't going to be bringing it in this year. Um, and so desperate was I to still get this coffee. A uh, few phone calls, a few checks down the back of the sofa for coins. Uh, found enough money to uh, buy this direct. So this year, it's become a direct. Um, and... Um, yeah, we've pulled it off, so it's a, it's a direct trade coffee. Um, the challenges of direct trade coffee are, you take a bit of a risk buying the coffee, but luckily I know this one, so the risk is much, much smaller. But, you know, the quality can be compromised, or uh, there can be things happen during shipping that are not good. And also, you have to stump up the money in one go. Um, instead of having a period of time on credit where you can pay for it as you go, I had to find a huge amount of money um, in advance, so we can actually pay for the coffee before it arrives, so money tied up in, in the stock. Uh, I'm going to show you a picture now of the wagon that brought this coffee, just for you to get a rough idea of how much we've had to invest into to getting this coffee to come in here. But um, we think it's great because it means that we can have more control and we can find out exactly how much the, the producers get in and hopefully that trickles down. Um, I think we've been quite good at direct trade so far this year. Um, I think we've pretty much pulled it off, uh, but what I plan to do in the next couple of weeks is to do a video which really talks about what I see direct trade being, because it's actually quite a difficult thing, and um, it, lots of people mean different things by it, so I'm going to try and explain it the has-been way. So um, this farm is located in Matagalpa, and is a huge 171 hectares. 
Um, an amazing, beautiful farm. Nine waterfalls within the farm. Um, as I've already said, oh, I haven't actually already said, but it's owned by the Maresh family. Erwin, um, Stephen, and uh, Dr. Maresh, who's the father. Uh, very well respected producers in Nicaragua, known for their experimental processing, varietal work, and exceptional coffee. We actually have a couple others from neighbouring farms from the Maresh group, which we, you'll be seeing over the next few weeks. Um, but I think one thing that it proves to me is good coffee comes from good people. Um, the Maresh family have lots of practices which are kind of very well respected like within the industry and it makes it incredibly easy to work with great folks like these. Um, you know, just because they have some ethical background to what they do. It's not just about them making money, but it's very important for them that they look after their, the people who work for them. So, for instance, their employees, they, they pay their staff 30% more than what is the typical minimum wage, um, which, you know, is a pretty big thing when you have a large farm like this. Um, they provide free housing for 60 families on the farm. So they are basically uh, building houses for them to live in. Uh, so they're actually on the farm and don't have to travel in and stuff. They provide free electricity and running water for their homes. A lot of the electricity is hydroelectricity coming from the, uh, the waterfalls and streams within the farm. They provide free food for all the workers, um, which again is a very big thing in a very poor country like Nicaragua. Um, they have free daycare facilities for families to use so their children can go into daycare while they work, so the children are looked after. Takes another pressure away. Um, they provide free healthcare, um, so free healthcare facilities, and also free education facilities. So they have site teachers who educate not just the children, but also the, the families, uh, the whole family within the farm, uh, and give them skills as well. So I think it was pottery and weaving that they do. Um, and it's really helping them just to, to, to basically supplement wages with other things, diversify, and, but also looking after the children as well, which is super important. Um, but they also look after the land as well, so they'll reuse uh, any cherry uh, to feed the crops again, so they have a worming system, they also uh, use it in a, like for, for fertiliser and things. Um, no mechanical picking, so only the ripest cherries are picked. Uh, five pickings every season as well, which is, I think, is pretty awesome. Um, recycle all the water that they use to limit and limit its usage as well. So, uh, before, like any mucilage water, they'll get rid of before putting back into the water system, uh, so not to pollute the external environment and stuff like that. Uh, and basically, just generally looking after the farm, looking after the soil, looking after the people, and it just shows that good people who grow grow good coffee because they look after everybody else. It's not just the price paid to the producer, but it's the price that trickles down to the workers as well. So, um, some numbers on this farm. Uh, farm's called Finca El Limoncillo, uh, owned by the Maresh family in Matagalpa, 171 hectares, uh, of which 109 hectares of coffee growing, um, which is pretty massive. Um, this coffee is a Bourbon Cotura mix, uh, but they also grow Pacamara, uh, a Java Nick varietal, um, and lots of other little kind of micro lots that they do. Um, it's fully washed, uh, sun-dried, grown at an altitude of 1,200 metres. Wow. I love this farm. That's kind of why I can roll this stuff off, because I, I, 
it's a farm I've become very close to. Uh, I've also become very close to uh, to the family. I think they're amazing people. I, I just feel a really a lovely bond. Um, if you go back, in fact, I'll pop a link below. You can actually meet Erwin, who did a video with me uh, many, many moons ago. Um, we were going to do this one together because he was in um, uh, Maastricht, where the SCIE show was going on. And you'll notice from my T-shirt, my Brewers Cup Maastricht T-shirt. Uh, I was there and so was he, uh, but we just never had the time to do it. So unfortunately, Erwin had an early flight to catch on Friday when I planned to do it. So he was going as I was coming with the camera. But um, yeah, I'm sure Erwin will be watching this at some point, if not, I'll make him. Uh, right, I am going to go and make the coffee in my lovely mug. Uh, and I'm going to talk about my mug before I start because this was a Father's Day present last week from my son. Um, and I think when I don't get a mug, I'm going to use this one because it means I can put messages. So in my mug, 137, well done, Keith, of which more will become clear once I watch you on pause and I'm back in a moment. Okay, so I'm back and I'm going to drive straight into the espresso. Now it's cooled a little because of the walk around again. And um, there's no way getting around that really, but... What you get is you get a real kind of toffee, kind of caramelly, super sweet shot. This coffee, when I first cupped it in 2007, had bags more of acidity, and I mean bags more, and not so much sweetness. It's really developed into this big, sweet, kind of rounded, delicious coffee that I really like. Now. I think part of this is I was talking to Erwin about this on Friday and he was saying that the crop was 40% down this year. Um, no, sorry, they produced 40% of the crop they would normally produce this year because of cutting back, replanting, basically good husbandry on the farm. And for me, it's just turned into a much sweeter, rounder cup. There is some acidity, it's like a tiny, tiny bit. And green apple acidity, so biting into a green apple. Um, so anyway, snozzer in the bowl. Okay, and from the grounds, you can smell why this is so sweet in the cup. You can smell it just oozing off the ground coffee. It's sweet, it's sticky, it's delicious, it's, it's amazing. I'm going to show you a picture of the rose colour now, and you'll see from the rose colour that this is uh, a medium to medium dark, certainly no darker than that, um, doesn't need it, uh, doesn't need to be kind of roasted darker for espresso. It, it just is a really, really great coffee that works both brewed and espresso. Um, also going to show you a picture now of the green and you'll see that this is, this is last year's green and this year's green. So this year's green is, is, is the smaller bean one and I'll put some kind of graphic on there so you can see it. This year's bean is much bigger. Erwin again put this down to, uh, because the, the plants were producing less um, and the, the more from the soil, they were getting much larger beans from it which I found incredibly interesting. Um, uh, every time I talk to the man, it's incredibly interesting. So, dive into the cappuccino. You shouldn't congratulate yourself for making a great cappuccino, but that is a great cappuccino. It is great. Um, I love that. That's really good. Toffee, caramel. You get that sweetness. You get that apple acidity coming through still. The milk. It's just in there. You still taste everything that you're tasting in the espresso in the coffee. That's unusual. That doesn't happen very often. I think this is a stunning espresso. I really, really do. So, this coffee started off scoring much lower for me. 
a few years ago, and I still thought it was great then. Year on year, it just gets better and better and better. So, what's this message on here? Well done, Keith. Well, I'm Bruno Chemex in your honour, Keith. Keith was the uh, the Irish Brewers Cup champion. I talked about him a few weeks ago. Um, congratulated him very much on that one. He went to Maastricht. Uh, Keith is a home user, in my mug subscriber, good friend, regular contributor, um, and he's also the World Brewing Cup, Brewers Cup champion. He won. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. I have... I still can't believe it happened. It was amazing. He went up there. His performance rocked. Uh, from the score sheets, his coffee was amazing. He used Finca Belinda, that you may remember from a few weeks back, and he did it. So, Keith, my hat is uh, tipped towards you. Um, you beat some great people in the finals. You were a gentleman. You were a very honest and great performer, and well done, mate. Well done. Seriously. Super proud of you. So let's drink coffee, stop uh, congratulating people. So in the brood, well, straight off, more acidity. There is more acidity there than there was in both of those. The acidity is much more increased. You taste the green apple a lot more. And the descriptor I've used for this for the past couple of years, and I still think it fits even more so today actually because the sweetness has got much bigger, is, you know, you have a toffee apple and you chew and you start off and you get that sweetness come through. But you get the acidity coming through of the, the apple underneath and the juiciness and all of that kind of, you know. But then in the mouth, you get all those flavours mixing together. And that's what happens with this. You start off with one, and sometimes it's the acidity you get, for instance, in that one. In this one, you start off with the sweetness. And then all of a sudden, the acidity kicks in or the sweetness kicks in, and you just get these different flavours mashing around in your mouth. And it is just like having a toffee apple. I love this coffee. I love the people behind the coffee. I love what they do. I love the fact that it's direct trade. Now, it really is a symbol of where has been has come from and is going to. You know, started off as a very tiny cup of excellence lot. Then we went to buying it from a, uh, an importer uh, and doing what they were doing and looking after the relationship for us. And as we've grown and got to the position where we can buy more coffee, we're now managing and looking after that relationship. And we are incredibly blessed to be working with such great people as these. Right, let's put these in some kind of magic order. Um, God, this is tough. Um, I'm going to put them like that. They're in order. They, they, I think they are all equally as interesting, as different as each other. And for the first time ever, I cannot rank them. I, I, I would slightly put the cappuccino ahead. But I think it's just because I've made a great cappuccino today and it's perfect. So I'm going to pull it back a little for that. The espresso is a little bit cool, so I may have moved it down there. But I know when it's fresh and hot and warm, it's a d delicious. And the brewed coffee was just amazing. So straight line. Three things about this coffee. One, it's a Bourbon Couture mix. Two, it's grown at 1,200 metres above sea level. Three, it's grown by my very good friends, the Maresh family, and um, is part of our direct trade stuff for this year. And yeah, that's three things. Um, we're going to see some more of the Maresh farms over the next coming weeks. Um, we've got some really exciting ones. One from this farm as well, which is a different varietal and different processing method. That will blow your mind, and we'll probably see that uh, not next week, but maybe the week after. Uh, I'm really excited to share that one with you. 
And yeah, I should stop rambling. I forgot what the saying is now. How do I finish these things up? Maybe I can find a man who can do this for me. Extremely glad to have had a chance to share this coffee with you today. It means an absolute load to me. Being here it means an absolute load to me and life is too short for bad coffee. Thank you. Time.